What is up, everybody? Randy King here with the Randy King Live podcast, episode two, version two. Uh, here with Eli Knight from Knight Jiu-Jitsu, and we are here to do the basic debate that the show is about. So, if this is your first time listening to the show, or this is the first episode you're going to see as you're binging the five that I'm releasing all at once, here's the premise of the show. Uh, this show is gauged to create, or to bring back the art of debate. So there's so many smart people out there with so many good ideas, but everybody is either totally on one side of the fence and they won't talk to each other, or... People that are good will always agree, so there doesn't seem to be any increase in conversation. So the goal of the Randy King Live podcast is to increase conversation, take experts in the field, and me, experts in the field, <laughs> to talk to talk about um, self-defense issues. So today's talk is going to be about ground fighting for self-defense with uh, expert reason, expert here, Eli Knight. He will pick one side of the argument, and I'm going to pigeonhole him to keeping him on that side of the argument. I will then take the opposite side, no matter what it is, and I will argue that point. The views that we express here are to continue a conversation and to try and find new ways to articulate what we're doing. So the goal for me in this podcast is to become a better instructor. So if I bring on some of the best in the world and we argue and debate, that's going to make me sharper. That should make the guests sharper and hopefully all of you listeners sharper. So uh, let's let Eli give us a little background on himself and then we'll go from there. Eli, tell the listeners about yourself. Okay, well, um, I am a jujitsu guy, for lack of a better term. I, I consider myself a, a martial artist. I don't consider myself an expert in anything, but um, I've spent more time uh, around martial arts than anything else in my life, um, especially jujitsu. It's, it's been the thing that's drawn me in more than anything else, but um, I also train uh, in Muay Thai. I train in Filipino martial arts, some boxing, wrestling, um, judo. So it, it, I've, I've had a mixture of different things. Um, I'm popular because of my youtube videos probably and social media circles things like that because i like to put out videos and content and share this uh wonderful stuff that's changed my life with other people who seem to get a lot out of it and it makes me happy to do that so that's kind of where i'm at that's awesome man uh you were on our other show talking to savages and this is your second time on the show because you were my test subject and it failed <laughs> So now we have the better system. We know what's going on. So Eli, uh, so listeners out there, the, the argument or the debate, rather, the debate that we're going to be having today is, is ground fighting necessary for self-defense? Now, Eli is going to choose what side he's on. The way the show works is very simply, we're going to do a 20-minute time debate on this topic. Eli will pick a side. I will pick a side. The guest always gets their first opening statement. So he will make an opening statement. I will counter. Then we do the free flow. Then for the end of the free podcast, we give you uh, a little bit of stuff that Eli is working on right now, promo train, et cetera. And then if you want more content on my Patreon page at the $5 level, there will be what we call final thoughts. And the final thoughts last time were so good, uh, which I'm trying to save. Maybe we'll have two versions with Eli. But if you want more or you want the summary or what the instructors gained out of this, that's going to be on the, on the Patreon. So I am going to – so Eli, what side of this argument are you taking? Uh, I will be the pro ground fighting side. Awesome. And so obviously that makes me devil's advocate, the uh, anti-ground fighting side. That does not make me anti-ground fighting. It's just for the purpose of the debate. <laughs> so uh, going forward, then Eli, I'm going to start the clock. I'll let you have your opening statement starting uh, now. 
Okay. Um, if I am advocating for um, ground fighting being an essential or necessary part of self-defense, then I would say that um, empirically the evidence overwhelmingly supports um, the fact that most fights that you see um, happen in, in uh, no rule situations tend to travel in a, a manner of conflict going uh, uh, inward toward each other, the, of, of people who are intent on um, consensually wanting to fight. Um, and conflict travels inward and then eventually um, comes into a clinch range and then winds up on the ground. So understanding that clinch range, the grappling range, particularly on the ground where it gets uh, even more chaotic, gives you a, a very big leg up um, in a fight situation. Now, fight versus um, a mutual combat street fight versus self-defense situation, Can we can talk about the the logistics of, of what makes each one of those um, what and how they differentiate and everything else. But um, I think that to, to be prepared in a self-defense situation, that, that means training yourself and having training um, involving every range of combat. So um, that's from long range to middle range to close range to grappling range, clinch range to ground grappling range to wrestling, jujitsu, everything else. So um, I, I think that... Um, understanding that ground portion uh, is very important because um, we're a little more intuitive as animals in a vertical environment on our two legs, standing up, throwing punches at each other. We, we understand how to move a little bit better in that vertical um, environment. Whereas whenever we get onto the ground and we're on this horizontal plane and we're just a big like mess of arms and legs and we're entangled with another person, it gets to be a little bit less instinctive for us to move around like that. So, so understanding how to position, how to, um, control those different things and how to nullify the energy, that can be a big leg up as well. Um, additionally to that, um, that range, that environment, the, the horizontal, the ground grappling range tends to nullify a lot of the explosive power of the other person. So if you're at a physical disparity, like whether it's size or strength or uh, athleticism, that is a little bit more neutralized whenever you understand how to move more efficiently in, um, in a certain range of that fight. So if I can take you to a range where I, I can move more efficiently, then it, it equals out the level of um, physicality involved. So that would be, those would be my main points, I think, sure. behind the necessity of ground grappling. Awesome. So then I'll take this chance to do a counter argument. So I'm on the opposite side of ground fighting being necessary for self-defense. So uh, there is a lot of stats out there that say that fights go to the ground. Most of those stats and research papers have been shown to be wanting, not accurate. Uh, I can speak from anecdotal evidence as I was a bouncer for a very long time and worked security. I, I never believed that the ground was a, a viable area to fight with because it was always the last place for me to go. So my argument is mostly going to be based today off of the, the training on how people go to the ground makes people want to go to the ground, which should not indicate or should not be something that you do. Of my experience on the ground, all of my uh, experiences are poor. So I've rolled over a broken bottle, I've been taken to the ground and kicked, I've had multiple opponents, I've been outweighed. And while I do agree that uh, your dynamic power is taken away when you are on the ground, I disagree that you are safer in that position because usually in a self-defense or street fight encounter, the person believes they can take you. So they're bigger and they're stronger and so it does not negate weight and it does not negate gravity. It only negates the ballistic power. So if the people are equal to equal, yes, take them to the ground. But if you are 120 pounds and the person's 300 pounds, going to the ground doesn't make them lighter, it doesn't take away gravity, and it doesn't take away their ability to hold you down and make you panic. Eli. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, uh, fair points. I, and I, I think, so if you're, if you're 
anecdotal evidence is coming from the place of a, a bouncer, mm -hmm. um, uh, coming from the place of somebody who works in different environments. Uh, yeah, I think that the it's, it's problematic across the board, first of all, to take to um, train solely to take someone to the ground. I mean, if you're talking about um, for MMA context, you're talking about more sportive context, you're talking about more competitive environments, then I think it's it's most of the time it's a good idea to take the person to the ground because of um, how there is an equal, um, all the things that I said before, uh, especially whenever weight classes are involved, obviously, right. you, what you were saying. Um, now, like I said before, um, previously, like I, there's always a cap on it. There's a cap to everything. It's just that the ceiling is reached a little bit sooner whenever we're in a striking environment about the, the size disparity. Um, if I'm primarily a boxer or a karateka or a taekwondo practitioner or whatever, then whenever I'm given away um, a foot uh, of, of height and then 50 pounds of weight, then that person has to hit me significantly less times than I have to hit them typically, even if I'm much more technical, much more trained, um, possibly even faster. Um, so, um, you know, that, that's, these are all problematic things. Um, I do agree, uh, to an extent that training in a, um, training primarily to take somebody down is going to make you want to do that in, in a fight and, and get to that range where you're most comfortable with. Um, cause we do, we default back to our level of proficiency. We don't rise to the level of the occasion. So it, it, it does necessarily it potentially do that. Um, however, I think that the, um, training with the proper context and the proper mindset is going to rule everything at the end of the day. So, I mean, if you are training in a range or you are training in an environment, because the, the argument that we set for, or the, the, uh, debate that we set forth was, <laughs> was, is it necessary, not preferable? So, um, you know, it, I think it, it, going back to that, I would still say absolutely it's necessary because, <laughs> you know, if you are dealing with a disparity of force, then you, it's most likely you're going to go to the ground. So, I mean, right. if you are dealing with multiple attackers, you are probably going to go to the ground. Um, recently I did a, um, I was involved in a course. It was a firearms course, uh, primarily, but it was a, a close quarters course. And, um, I did not want to go to the ground in that because I had a gun and, <laughs> um, the other person that was, that was accosting me, I had to, to decide whether I was going to go to the ground with this person or not. I didn't want to go to the ground because I did have a weapon. Um, and I was like attacked from behind while I was dealing with the, the front threat. I, I tried to stay standing as long as I could. And I tried, yeah. um, to safely get to a place where I could access my weapon and it wound up turning into a shit show really quick. And I got onto the ground, long story short, I wound up getting <laughs> shot with my own weapon. So I mean, <laughs> for, for, you know, I mean, I, I completely failed that course uh, or yeah. not failed that, that evolution of the course. Um, yeah. But you know, that, that's just kind of a, 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 a very soft anecdotal like element of that too, to all, more than anything, agree with uh, some of the things that you said. However, I, I will kind of default back to what we said before about necessary versus preferable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I think so. I would, uh, th this is the way I, I contextualize things typically whenever I'm training. I don't want to be in a fight. <laughs> uh, if I couldn't <laughs> avoid a fight, I want to end the fight standing, you know, yeah. um, I, either like through avoidance, evasion, or just knock the guy out and get out of there. You know, right. um, if I couldn't do that and I wind up fighting, then I want to be in a, uh, uh, a range of the fight that's going to receive me the least amount of damage. So that means too far away to get hit or too close to get hit effectively. That means typically going into a clinch range, and the next evolution of the clinch range is um, to deal with some kind of takedown or some kind of um, you know throw or whatever it is. Um, if I can't turn it into some some kind of disengagement or some kind of standing like um, uh, um, not submission, but some kind of standing control over the person. So then 
if I, I do have to take the person down, then I want to take them down into a controlling position. If I couldn't establish that to begin with, then I want to wind myself up in that. That that element is you know, that aspect of it is going to require me to know how to navigate through those positions. If I find myself in a bad position, I have to be able to escape and upgrade. If I find myself in a decent position, I need to upgrade to a more superior one to either disengage or to control that person to the extent that I can um, get out of that somehow or control that person until the fight is broken up or or the threat's nullified. You know, so. Um, yeah, I'll quit talking at that point. So <laughs> that's right. Number one, I really enjoy yeah. your word choices. Uh, like, uh, just up- upgrade. That was really cool. Number two is way to reverse red herring, which is really staying <laughs> on the point of the topic, which, uh, which is awesome. I, I don't have any bonus point system, but if I did, you would have that. All right. So going to what I want to say here, I guess then is yes, I agree that, uh, the necessity is there. You mentioned multiple opponents multiple times. Multiple yes. opponents, especially when it comes to ground fighting. And I guess so ground fighting is such an open term. I'm going to say ground grappling. Mm-hmm. When, it, when you consider ground grappling, when you're in an entanglement on the ground, that secondary third person, that, that's what takes up most of the problem, right? So in my, in my experience in research, et cetera, in what I teach and what I do, uh, I, there's really only a couple ways people go to the ground. So one, somebody takes them to the ground or they start it on the ground. Right, mm-hmm. so you're on the beach and you get jumped like those old Atlas comics that you <laughs> yes. get strong. Right, uh, number two is they they receive damage enough to fall to the ground. Number three is they lose footing. Mm-hmm. Right, those are so those mm-hmm. are the major reasons you, you would start down there. Right, yes. If all that stuff happened without you preferably taking the person to the ground, if I'm damaged on the ground, it's especially if, and I guess this might be a point towards you, so I'm going to stop talking. Let me rephrase this. <laughs> so uh, if you're down there and no, you go don't ahead, know. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Let me, <laughs> let me uh, if you don't, if you're down there and you don't know the, you don't know the known unknown. So you're on the ground, you know something's going to happen, but you don't know what those are. If that's a thing, that going into a wrestling type situation or a grappling situation is a negative because you become usually hyper-focused on the task at hand, which is grappling. And you become focused on, usually, this is through training, and I know it's not your program, but let's talk programs in general. People are very, and we said, I said this last time, people are very focused on a tap when that should not be the engagement for a self-defense situation. So when they go down there, I think sometimes it's better for them just to be scared of the ground than to train on the ground and get comfortable. Mm. Yeah. Again, well, arguing my point. No, no, that's, no it, it is, that, that is a very um, difficult thing to kind of navigate um mm-hmm. because you you and but this 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 applies to all ranges though yes. i mean because like if you're if you're training striking and mm-hmm. so you decide you're going to go to a boxing class um you're training uh weapons and so you know you want to get you want to get as comfortable in that uncomfortable environment as possible yes. because yes. you know equanimity kind of wins the day in training you know it's it when, whenever we decide to to train all we're doing essentially and honestly it really boils down to this for training, for sustainable training for most people over time. Um, even if they feel threatened, even if they feel like um, I, I started for self-defense reasons, I started for security reasons, I started because my job required me to start. Most people will stick around more than anything else because of the stress inoculation and the the de-stressing aspect of it. Um, sure. And so you're, you're, you're going into a potentially one of the most difficult and uncomfortable, scary situations, you're simulating it. Um, and you're learning how to deal with that. So, you know, that's, that's really, it's, it's kind of the fight club principle, uh, sure. of, you know, it's, uh, so 
And that, that becomes, if, if you stick around long enough, which, you know, if you don't stick around long enough, you're not going to get good anyway. But if you do stick around long enough, it becomes the thing. So it's a catch-22 situation, right? Right. So, you know, you, um, and, and certain ranges are going to appeal more to certain people. Certain of aspects of the game are typically going to appeal more to certain people. But it's, it's um, I guess, more than anything is a matter of stepping outside of our comfort zone. And for me, one of the biggest things uh, as being a, a ground grappling, like, um, specialist, not in the expert sense, but specialist yeah. as in like, that's what I focus on more than anything. Uh, the thing that appeals to me more than anything is that ground grappling environment, because that's right. where I've found the most benefit of my training. Um, however, the thing that pulls me out of my comfort zone is exactly what I need to do to keep myself maybe safer in a street fight, you know, mm-hmm. because if I, I keep in mind for myself, striking opportunities, you know, because that's that training with mindset to striking opportunities is not going to win me any tournaments that's no. going to that's no. going to hurt me that's yeah. going to hurt me in, in competitive bjj all right yeah. uh, i'll tell you that right now from experience um <laughs> training looking for disengagement opportunities yeah. training with uh, weapons considerations training with mm-hmm. um uh, clothing and non-clothing considerations yes. um mixed environments like uh, uh, atmospheric obstacles you landing on a bottle you know you, yeah you're getting kicked by other people training with multiple people um, in the environment, we, we play a game called uh, tap or tag sometimes where, uh, you know, you, you, yeah, it's, it's fun. I'll tell you about it some other yeah. time, but I don't want to derail, <laughs> but you know, do, doing these different things, it, it, there, there's two aspects of it. It's, it's not, um, it's, it, it's going to create problems, but it's going to also create solutions for those problems sure. as well. You know, so, uh, you do have to become comfortable in uncomfortable situations, Yes, but that comfort, you have to be able to distinguish uh, comfort from compliance from complacency. You know, those, those are very difficult things to, to compartmentalize, to keep on the, the alliteration there, but it's, <laughs> it, but it's, it, it's very important. I think to be able to like, you know, categorize those things and compartmentalize those things and realize have the right mindset in your training to be able to do that. Cause that's what it boils down to at the end of the day. Like when, whenever you're, you're going across that. So that makes sense. So you kind of covered it, but I want to go on it again because it's kind of a point on my side, which is uh, <laughs> people go for stress release, and I 100% agree with that. Very few people stay for the reason they started. That's that's just true mm. across the board, right? Yeah. Like I came here because I didn't like it. Now I just love the people or whatever. Mm. You said – so stress release, agreed. Stress inoculation, disagree. Only because ground fighting – again, usually – is not trained with your tap or tag or trained in variable environments. Like mm-hmm. very few ch- gyms will train on concrete, which sure. changes your mm-hmm. ground and pound game, for example, yeah. right? Like mm-hmm. what uh, very few people will train in street clothes. Very few people will do that weapons consideration stuff. And I know that's what you do. You have DVDs on it and stuff. Uh, we'll talk about it at the end, but it's definitely like, that's the, the issue with it is that they're, they're going down and the mind can't go where the body's never been. Is, is a really good way to phrase it. And people tend to freeze when something new happens. So if you've been punched your whole life with boxing gloves and then a biker hits you with rings, it's going to take your brain a second to be like, that was a punch. That is not, not what I think a punch is. Yeah. And so the first time you shoot a double and take a, somebody to the ground, then you're going to land on concrete. It's going to be a different thing. I'll do a story in Afterthoughts where I had a, a wrestler come at me and I was bouncing. Hilarious ending, but not for the debate, <laughs> but an Afterthoughts for everybody listening. Um, but yeah, so I think that while yes, it is necessary to train, uh, I shouldn't say that. Well, I don't think it's necessary to train uh, ground fighting the way it's currently taught and marketed because of the sport aspect, which we kind of, you've already covered, but also that they're not simulating a real ground fight. They're simulating a simulation of a ground, like they're simulating a sure. simulation in pajamas. It's a different, mm-hmm. it's a different set. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, no, I, I and I'm sorry. I'm, I'm done. Right. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, now, yeah. Now, I'll I'll completely concede several of those points. Um, sure. And and because you know we did we do agree on like the uh, yeah. the environmental factors. You know, yeah. um, not just concrete, but you know also like um, walls and other like obstacles and obstructions and everything else. And that that is that's that's a big thing. And I think that um, you know and those things can be simulated. I think that it's 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 not. Been, it's not as beneficial to spend the bulk of your time training with those considerations. I think that the, those, um, just like weapons training, I don't think is the should be the bulk of anyone's training either. Uh, I think that that should be a subsect. I think that the bulk of the training should look more like MMA. I think that that's going to be the most beneficial, most conducive to self-defense, to fighting, um, uh, training those ranges of boxing, of wrestling, of jujitsu, of uh, and jujitsu just being a, a submission grappling generic term in this yes. context. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, I think that, that, to have that, that is a foundation and then, you know, doing other considerations, even, even as far as like role-playing and scenario-based training and, um, verbal context and everything else, I think that that's going to give you the best benefit as, as possible. Uh, nothing is going to make somebody as complete as they need to be. Uh, right. it's, you can train for 99% of the situations and that 1% will come up, you know, it's a, it, it's just, it, it is what it is. Um, but I think that overwhelmingly, if you look at the, 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 the evidence, typically, I, I think points toward the evidence that we have. Um, yeah. and when that's, that, that's problematic, of course, but I mean, if you look at a lot of the evidence, most people with training, um, tend to fare better than people without training, um, at, across the board, particularly, um, people with, uh, ground grappling training in in street fights and no rule situation fights. And these now again with problems because <laughs> these problems are um these are typically typically like a mutual combat things that could have been avoided right. so it's like hey let's step outside and handle this kind of fights yeah. rather than you know uh me and my three buddies are going to jump you handle this right. so um you know we can we have to differentiate mutual combat from self-defense in that situation sure. too but if you're looking at no rule situation one-on-one fights um typically people with ground grappling training tend to fare better than um the counterpart um and that that uh, I'm mostly basing this on, there, um, there was, yeah. So, so where am I getting this information? Yeah. From? What, what um, is making this up? <laughs> well, it, uh, obviously FBI statistics say 112% of all fights go to the ground. Right. Yes, that's right. true. Fair enough. So, so, I mean, that right there tells you, no, no, uh, tongue in cheek aside though, there, there have been, um, a couple of different people. I'm trying to think of the source right now. While I'm talking, um, because I did an interview recently where the guy actually had the source and this guy took like 200 different, um, like CCTV and cell phones footage of like different fights of particularly like specifically people who are obviously trained in like jujitsu or, or some kind of like submission grappling thing mm-hmm. to some degree, um, in street fights. Yeah. And, um, he, he, he pulled out like, oh, he extrapolated the different data from it. You know, not just like who won and who lost. I mean, overwhelmingly it was the person who, who knew how to grapple on the ground won. Um, right most of the time, you know, they, they did some kind of submission hole. They did they choke the person out. They did whatever. Um, but he extrapolated different data, like how many times was a weapon produced? How many times were, were other people like, did they get involved? Mm-hmm. How many times did this happen? One of the interesting things though, was that, um, the percent of the time that the person on the ground was knocked out mm-hmm. was much lower whenever it was a ground grappling situation versus standing. So that was an interesting kind of piece of evidence that was pulled out of it. Um, 
And now I've talked so long, I've derailed from my initial point. So, <laughs> you were, so you were saying that people with ground grappling training mm-hmm. tend to do better than untrained people in a situation like that. Yes. Yeah. And, and that's, that's basically the, the consideration I was, I was paying the most attention to. Now, um, even if somebody has had striking training versus yeah. grappling training, typically the grappler will do better. Um, right. That's that's been across the board too because like the the striker once they're out of the range that where they can generate the, the uh, best amount of force the best angles everything else to like yeah. you know create that knockout once they're in the grappling range they lose a significant right. portion of that so do you, you know so do you think we're almost out of time do you mm-hmm. think do you think that so what i'm hearing is i understand what you're saying and i'm not disagreeing mm-hmm. but what i'm hearing is the person with the strategy does better than a person without a strategy yes so yeah that's the person not necessarily that has with a repeatable strategy. With a repeatable yeah. strategy, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, so if we quote Dana White, Dana White said for MMA, let's just talk mm-hmm. about that for a second. Yep. Uh, if you can throw your hands into a wrestler, you're going to do really, really well in the UFC. So I don't think that it's the, the ground that's working. I think it's controlling that middle range that's letting them enforce their strategy on that. I'd like to see that. If you could find the research, I'd love to see it. Mm-hmm. But I would like to see, like, what is the sample size? Because if he's looking specifically for grapplers, then, of course, it's going to slack one way. But also, I would love to see the middle. I think that's yeah. the most important part, and I think we agree on that. So, sure. And uh, the the thing that I think that gives the that gives the people who train primarily in grappling, um, mm-hmm. the, and the biggest benefit I think of of, of jujitsu, particularly if you want to call it Brazilian jujitsu sure. for this context, I have I have problems with the nomenclature. But <laughs> if you if you want to call it BJJ training, um, they're training with a simulation closer to. Mm-hmm. actual violence than most striking arts can possibly replicate. Um, because uh, even if we go in with, with boxing, with, with any kind of sparring, standing, striking, yeah. there's, always, there's a lot more concessions that have to be made for that than yes. uh, as, as, as how it appears in an actual fight than the grappling portion does. If, if I'm training my grappling more closely simulated to how it's going to appear in an actual fight, which is pretty, pretty close, pretty similar, um, all right, again. that so we're gonna freeze you there. That's time, <laughs> okay. but that's a great place to end because yeah. I got nothing for that. So uh, let's cancel this right now. That, That'll so be a good uh, Patreon, uh, yeah, to, to exactly. hear more on this. We are off. Okay, how do I turn my alarm off? That's geez, rookie mistake here. Luckily, it's only the second episode. A wink. So uh, <laughs> what we're gonna do now is Eli, give us, give the listeners where they can find you. Yeah. Okay. Um, so uh, I should probably start with like the monetary things first, right? Yeah, I never yeah. do that. Um, cause I always start with like Instagram and I don't make any money off of that. But, uh, no. anyway, I'm on, so I'm on Instagram, <laughs> night, <laughs> night jujitsu on Instagram. Um, but the biggest thing is my YouTube channel, I guess. Um, uh, I've got a Patreon check, uh, channel or Patreon page to patreon.com slash night jujitsu, everything slash night jujitsu, K N I G H T, not N I G H T, but K N I G H T. Um, so YouTube, Patreon, uh, Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. Um, yeah. And then, uh, I've got DVDs out. Um, I don't really push those quite as much anymore cause I'm not really associated with, uh, sure. Funker tactical and aperture quite as much as I used to be. So, it's, right. um, uh, but, um, you know, I do have, uh, other things coming out. I do have a BJJ fanatics. I filmed with them and there, there's going to be instructionals coming out with that. Budo brothers.com there. I'm going to have instructionals coming out with those guys too. Those are, so, they're Canadian, right? Budo brothers or Calgary. They are, yeah. They're, they're up in Calgary. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I went to visit them and we filmed, uh, for about 12 hours straight one day cool. and, and the same thing with bjj fanatics like we just put down 
a ton of stuff and they just kept rolling as long as I wanted to go. And I was like, okay, I'm getting hungry now. So <laughs> stop. And, awesome. But you know, it's, it's, it's going to be good stuff. I think coming up. So I'm excited about it. Cool. Eli, uh, thank you for being on the show. And number one, I'm actually really sad. I didn't use the, you're just a knight and I'm the king. I should have, oh, I should have, oh, man. how did I not, how did I man. not say that? <laughs> missed opportunity. By this time, nobody's even listening. So damn, exactly. They're that. done with yeah. this. All right. So <laughs> if you want more Eli, cause there's some stuff I wrote down that I want to talk about. The next part is final thoughts. That's the part where we start agreeing with each other again. Cause Eli <laughs> and myself, we do not have very differing views, but the point of the show is to make us and everybody better at this whole thing conversation yeah, so thank thanks you. so much for listening if you would like to hear final thoughts on my patreon slash randy king live